Before I begin this evening, I, I want to express my heartfelt uh, thanksgiving to God for the hospitality and, the, uh, and uh, just the uh, overall goodwill of this church. This church is a loving church, and it is obvious as, I, as I've spoken to you, as we've spent some um, actually lengthy uh, minutes together after the seminar and during the week, that this congregation, it's, uh, it's reflective of a, a preacher in the pulpit that has a heart of gold, a man that loves the truth, a family that uh, has dedicated their lives to the gospel of Christ and eldership that uh, just gives and gives and protects shepherds and ensures that this church is fed. And uh, I could not be, we could not be more grateful for, to God for the opportunity to get to know you. And uh, this is a, it's a truly special blessing to be able to travel the country and, and to spend time with brethren from, from all states, from all backgrounds of life, and uh, from various cultures even in our own country. And I learn. Everywhere we go, we're learning. I, I, Alan and I like to talk, call the, the, the School of Evangelism the great experiment of this generation to see if something like this could, can work. And uh, what, what we've discovered is that, uh, you know, we, we are learning and growing as we move down this road. I'm going to learn things from this congregation, and you're going to help this school become even more practical, more impactful. In, in the brief time I've been able to spend with Brother Mike, even this week, uh, he's, he's brought things to my attention that I hope and pray will make, make us more effective in reaching souls. And, and then we've been able to meet your, your, your associate preacher and Adam and his good wife, Julie, and what a treasure you have. Uh, they've had us in their home, as Mike and his wife did, and, and to see his passion for souls and his, his care for, for you and for, for those who are lost. And I, I, I have no... I have no doubt in my mind that the good that's going to be done and continues to be done in this, in this area by this congregation. So may I, I just take a minute and express my heartfelt appreciation for, for the opportunity to be here and thanking God for the opportunity my family has to travel and, and, and speak at these uh, congregations. This is our third congregation in Texas during this trip. This is our ninth congregation in Texas this year. We're going to go back home if that's all right. And we're going to spend about a week and a half, uh, and we're going to just uh, take some downtime Thanksgiving, enjoy some family, and then we're going to get on the road again, and we're going to go to Crossville, Tennessee, and we're going to visit with our good friend Alan Judd, and uh, that congregation is uh, looking forward. I spoke, to, I spoke to him this morning, and we're going to continue uh, to the work of the gospel. But uh, if you did not receive Reaching the Laws, please let Adam know. We'll get that clipboard to you. Brethren, that is a very important part of our school. Um, it holds me accountable. And what I mean by that, if what we're teaching doesn't work, if what we're doing doesn't work, uh, you know, I don't want to make it a secret. I, if what we're doing works, I don't want it to be a secret either. And I, I want the brotherhood to share in, in, in the successes and, and to learn from our failures and so that we can, uh, we can as a body of Christ around this country, brethren, we can uh, take the uh, experiments in each congregation and, and, and those that succeed, let's duplicate them. And, and those that are not working, let's have the, let's have the uh, humility to say, listen, we're, we're digging in a dry well. And uh, you, you who work in the oil field understand the, the, the fertility of digging in a dry well. Don't keep digging. Let's go find a place and dig and, and let's get the oil up here. And so we're all about what works in this school. And so I've, I've learned a lot from, from men like Mike and, and, and Adam and others, your elders here. Um, as I've, I've, they've shared with me things, Rob, have, have, you know, I want to share with you something that's really been effective here. And we, we've been able to reach souls. And that's the, that's the, the, the genius of, of the wisdom of God. 
and, and putting the church together as a soul-saving unit. Brethren, please understand tonight you are a soul-saving unit. That's what you were designed for. Brethren, the, the church of Christ was designed to be an offensive unit. We're designed to get into the world to teach the gospel of Christ to the lost. We're not, we're not designed to sit in pews. You know, that's not the purpose of the church. We worship God. We're edified. But all that, God wants us to glorify him by sharing, teaching the lost and bringing that blessed message to our neighbors, our friends and family. And, and I pray, God, this week we have been able to to in this boot camp, if you will, or in, uh, in, in spring training in a football team. This is what we've, we've encountered. This is spring training. But you know, after spring training, the coach brings you into the locker room. He gets that whiteboard out and he puts the X's and O's on the board. And he shares with you, all right, all those, you know, all the hitting you've done, all the tackling you've done, all the, the wind sprints that you've run, all the, all, the, uh, all the things you've done in practice. I'm going to now present to you a plan, gentlemen, a plan. If you carry it out on the field, if you get out there and do this and you make this operational, you're going to you're going to get some W's. Brother, it's all about tonight putting a plan together. And I want to I want to bring your attention to a man that may not be familiar to everybody, but he's a he's a world famous figure. His name is Winston Churchill. And Winston Churchill was uh, standing before the commons of, uh, of the British people and uh, the parliament. And um, they, were, they had undergone uh, savage losses in their nation. And they had uh, they'd experienced a, a, a weak leader. And because of that weakness, uh, Nazi Germany was growing. And Chamberlain had, had now come under disfavor. And, and Winston Churchill's his, his goal was to rally the people. He who fails to plan is planning to fail. Gentlemen, we have no plan. And the reason we're not winning this war is because we have no plan. I present before the parliament, he said, a plan. Let's, 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 let's fight back. Let, let's get out there and let's, let's, take it, let's take it to Germany. Brethren, tonight, I want to present a plan. I want to present a plan for the church to, to take it to Satan, to take it to sin, to win back some of our friends and family and neighbors who've been lost. And, 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 and brother, brothers and sisters, I, brothers, I pray tonight as we present this plan that uh, it will hit your heart. Because what I'm going to speak about this evening, it works. I didn't come just to, just to give you a, here's five things for you to think about. And I, I, there's, there's time for meditation. There's time for us to think about things and, and to deliberate on them. But brethren, may I submit that the time of deliberation for evangelism needs to come to a close and the time for action needs to begin. We've been deliberating a long time. And um, the Great Commission says, go ye therefore, leave the church building, not build buildings and wait for them to come. Now, now's the time to get out there and, 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 and evangelize, be on the offense. And there's, a, there's a, an incredible amount of low-hanging fruit all around us. When I, when I got to Jacksonville, Alan and I sat down and we strategized. And he said, Rob, what do you think about starting with the low-hanging fruit? I said, sounds good. I said, what do you mean? And he said, here's a list. He gave me a list of all the people sitting in the pews that were lost. And we started right there. You know, I didn't start at the top of the tree. I, I'm not ignoring the top of the tree, but I started with, with, with the people I could get to. I want to I want to encourage you uh, to start where you can begin, begin where you your, your field of influence, and then just just start spreading out because you're going to find everyone in this room has people they know that are lost. Do you know the average person knows 200 people? Of those 200 people, you know how many are lost? Are most of them saved? Are most of them going to heaven? Brother, the fact is, we all know the fact. Most of the people you know are lost. 
Most of the friends, the co-workers, the family, they're lost. Brother Sue, you in the pews right now, in the pews of the churches of Christ, there is a gold mine of contacts. We've got to access that. And we have to instill within our members a confidence, a confidence that when we access those names, there's something that you can do. But tonight, I, the message I have as we begin is this is not an individual effort. This isn't about you and me. This is about Christ and his church. This is about his kingdom. And, and brethren, we're, we're servants working together for the greatest calling on earth. There's nothing more important tonight than what we're discussing. It is the mission. You know, the Great Commission isn't one of many missions. It is the mission. When, when God put the Great Commission together, he didn't say, now there's three or four commissions out there for you to be concerned about. No, he said, here's, it, it all boils down to souls. My good friend Jack Honeycutt always reminds me, he said, Rob, it's all about souls. He always says that to me. He said, Rob, it's all about souls. And, and I, I always remind, I need to remind it of that. You know, we get distracted by things that are not about souls. But it's all about going to heaven. And that should be our influence and that should be our goal tonight. So I'm going to give you 10 things tonight. Take your Evangelism Simplified Guidebook. I think it's on page 111. And um, I have it broken down for you. And, and uh, if you're not here tonight, uh, 112, page 112. If you're, if you're not here from Westside tonight, is there anybody not from the Westside congregation tonight? Raise your hand if you're not from Westside. All right, we have one brother back there. My son disappeared. Um, he's got a folder for you. And um, we're going to make sure we get that folder when he walks back in. And I've got some extra information for you tonight if you're not from Westside. And uh, let's go ahead and begin. What's the first thing I would, if I, if I could wave my magic wand and there, we could just start. What's, what's one thing that we could start doing? Number one, brethren, do you know in the churches of Christ, we, we've got salt shakers, pepper shakers, sugar, uh, sugar uh, by the, t- uh, the pound. We've got coffee pots, coffee filters, coffee grounds, coffee makers. We have table, tablecloths. We have chairs, refrigerators, ovens, microwaves. We, we have forks, knives, spoons. We have napkins. Uh, we have everything we need to open a soup kitchen. And then we, we go over to another room and we have laminator scissors. We have, a, we have pay, a, a poster board colored paper. We have a, a Astro Bright paper. We have laminating machines. We have glue, glue sticks. We have scissors and rulers. And we have everything we need to open a school. Brethren, if we're going to evangelize our communities, we have to have the equipment to do the job. No man goes out on the oil rig or the, to drill for oil without the machinery. No, no one goes to build a barn without a hammer. No, no contractor goes to a home to, to build a home without a level, without a tape measure. Brother, we must have the material to do the job. You, you can use open Bible study. Ivan Stewart, you use something else. But you've got to have something in your hand. We have to have the, the, the materials to teach people the word of God. I'd start out with Bibles. You know, there's a growing number of people in our country that don't have Bibles. You know, I, I don't know if, if you're familiar with some of the work in India, but one of the big works in India is just producing Bibles. At the Willett Church of Christ, we actually bought a printing company over there. It's called Willett Graphics. Maybe one of the largest printing companies uh, in the kingdom. I'm not sure. It's a room about half this size. Literally, the machine fills it. It's huge. All we do is print. Print constantly biblical material. You know why? Because they have none. I mean, when, when it comes to giving out Bibles, I mean, they just line up, right? Because they need Bibles. They don't have Bibles. Brethren, do you know there are people in our country who don't have Bibles? And, and so we've got we we to make sure we've got Bibles for people. And we've got to give them the Bibles. They can't study if they don't. I always bring a Bible to a Bible study. Because there's a, there's a chance that they won't have a Bible. And do you know when you bring a Bible to a Bible study, what that does? That means that you're probably going to end up with a version of the Bible that's accurate. 
And uh, so you're going to solve the version problem, right? And what I like to do is unwrap the Bible and I put their name in front of it. This is your gift. Nine times out of ten, they're going to use it because you gave them a gift. And so you solve that issue right there. So, so then you need something to teach. So, so um, you, you grab back to the Bible, uh, grab, a, grab a Jewel Miller film strip study, it, it, whatever you want to use. Grab back to the Bible. That's what I use. It's simple. Uh, grab does it matter? Grab something. But the church has to make sure that the church members have what it takes to do the job. I have a sneaky suspicion if the refrigerator goes out in the local church of Christ, we don't have to have a crisis meeting to replace it. We just go spend a thousand, two thousand, whatever industrial strength, three, four thousand dollars to get it. But yet, when it comes to evangelism materials, we have to we we, we got to make sure we've got it. I was at a congregation recently uh, up in Virginia, and the eldership looked at me, and they said, Rob, you know, this is sad, but we have a, a budget. And they said, and we've got a line item that says evangelism, and, and then we have a preacher under it. That's about it. And um, they said, we didn't budget for evangelism materials. So, so they went to the church Sunday morning, and they said, church, we need evangelism materials. It was incredible what happened. You know, when brethren see a need, a cause... You know, I mean, we, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll budget for repaving the parking lot, for making sure that we, we reseal the, we reseal the uh, ceilings, to make sure we uh, clean the carpets and paint the walls. And, and, and yet we, we need to make sure that we have the materials to save souls. There's a lot of stuff. You know, World Video Bible School has some incredible materials out there. I know, Mike, you do some filming with them, and I've done some filming. Apologetics Press, incredible materials. Brethren, provide the church the tools. Of all the things we should be providing, I would say this is it. Number two, we got to put it out there where people can get it. Simple. Now you don't you don't lock you don't lock your, your equipment into a room and not allow access by the people who need to use it. I was at a church and, and I went up to an elder. He's a friend of mine. I said, "Brother, can I can I ask you a question?" He says, "Well, what's wrong, Rob?" I said, "Where's the material if I wanted to do a Bible study?" I, said, I had a friend and I said, "I'm going to study the Bible. Where would I get?" He said, "We knew you were coming." He said, "Follow me." So I said, all right. So we walked down this long highway, and he's got the, he's a dingling the keys, you know. He's got the ring of keys. Have you ever seen it? Lots of keys. We got to the end of the, the hallway, turns on the lights. He said, they're in here. Door was locked. Don't worry, ring of keys. We open the door. We walk into the big room, turns on the lights. At the end of the room is a locker. We run to the locker, and, um, oh, sorry, it's locked. Ring of keys. We bring him out again. You open the locker. He pulls out a stack of back to the Bible. I said, brother, that's great. I said, may I ask you why the, the, the equipment that's needed to do the Bible study is locked in a room and locked in a locker? He said, oh, we're afraid they might get them. I said, is not that the point? Brethren, you cannot take, do not put your evangelism materials in the preacher's office. I was sitting there in my office. Uh, I was actually, I was in the, the foyer of the church one, one day. And um, one of our young men came up and said, Rob, I got a friend. I want to do a Bible study. Do you got those back to the Bible? I said, yeah, they're locked. Yeah, they're locked in my, my office. That was the last day they were locked in my office. That's the day I came up with the idea of the evangelism table. I, started, I put a table out there. I said, here, why, why is it in my office? Why is it in a library that no one uses? Why is it in a filing cabinet that's locked? Put it out there and repeat. Here's a suggestion. Brethren, put a table out in your foyer that says, um, that says Westside Church of Christ Evangelism and stick the materials on there that, that people can use. Put it out there where they have to fall over it to get out of the church building. Don't put it in some obscure place. Um, David, a, a preacher uh, um, in the um, southeast, he called me and said, Rob, you know how you taught us about that evangelism table? I said, yes. He said, I was excited about that. And we got all that material. I said, yes, sir. He said, well, I put it out there. I got my table out there. And I put it all out there. I came back the next day. Rob, it was gone. 
I said, well, brother, that's great. The brethren are taking it. He said, oh, no. And I said, he said, so I had a few more things. So I put it at the table out there, put a few more things out there, went back a few days later. It was gone. I had a sneaky suspicion. So I called one of the men, one of the elders. I said, brother, uh, you know, we've got this evangelism table. I put it, yes, I've seen it. And he's, where are the materials? He said, well, one of the ladies came through the foyer and they said, that's a gaudy looking thing. And that wasn't approved. You know, when we built this $3 million facility, we had to have approval for what goes in the foyer. And that does not match the decor. Uh, David, I know you'd rather have it out, but we put it in the coat closet. He said, Robbie, he said, I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. So I got back in the pulpit Sunday night and I preached on the evangelism materials in the coat closet. He said, and I told him we got back to the Bible. Doesn't matter. We got uh, tracks, world video, house to house, heart. We got it all out there. You know, he says, so I'm preaching. So then I walked back to the coat closet, opened it up and I waited. Guess how many people walked in the coat closet to pick it up? Nobody. Brethren, if we cannot put evangelism materials in our foyers because they don't match the decor, maybe we should just sell our buildings and go home. We are the church of Christ. Our mission is to save souls. We ought to be, uh, we ought to be outfitting and uh, we ought to be making sure that every soldier in our army has everything they need to do a Bible study. We ought not to be hiding it somewhere. Number three, we need to train people how to use it. What good is a tool if you, you know, you put a DeWalt drill in the, in the hands of a skilled carpenter and they're, it's, it's an incredible instrument. You put it in the hands of a preacher like myself, it's a deadly weapon. Brother, it's, it, there's a big difference. I don't know what I'm doing. And so, so what's the difference between you and me? You're trained how to use it, right? And how many of you go to work and, and are ever gone to work and they say, you know, we're going to send you to a training school to learn how to use this bit, change the bit. How to, how to use this drill. We're going to teach you how to use these instruments. You know, you, 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 you go to some special class. They might even fly you out somewhere because they know that that million-dollar equipment needs to be handled right. But you go to work and you're trained how to do it. Brethren, we need to train our church members how to evangelize. I'm not talking about just your preachers. Brother, one thing I want to do in every church of Christ is emphasize, please hear me. It is not the job of Adam and Mike to do all the evangelism for this church. And in order for this church to achieve the, 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 the potency that Christ created, we need every member of the body of Christ working together. And, and you no, know, not everybody has the same talents of, uh, that you have. You have a different talent. That's all right. We're going to put it to work. See, that's the job of elders. Find out where your talent is, put you to work, and everybody works together to achieve the same mission. The VBS... And the, and the graduation banquet and, 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 the, and the pew packers and the Bible classes and the Bible camps and the summer youth series and whatever other work, good work you're doing, you know we all have the same goal. We want people to go to heaven. And that's got to, it's got to, and you know, a football team, they have one goal. Let's win the game. That's, that's the goal. We're going to win this game. And the linebacker and the center and the wide receiver and even the kicker and the punter, we all have a role. We got to do our job. You think that kicker goes through training? Well, he's just a kicker. You might lose your game without that kicker. So it doesn't matter what your role, but we got to work together. So train. Train your church members. Here, here are just some suggestions. I'm going to get more specific a little bit later tonight. But uh, how about take a tool, like back to the Bible, pass it out to the church members and train them how to use it. How about put them through basic training? Say, so here's a tool. Here's how you use it. And, and, you know, a lot of church members are, they're, they're, they're frightened of things like back to the Bible. You know, it scares them to death. I, I don't know if I can do that or not. 
once they see how simple it is, sometimes you just can't hold them back. I, Cliff uh, Goodwin and I are pretty good friends. We uh, hunt together and we've done some, some, um, um, we, we've done some uh, trips together. And um, he had me come out and do a seminar a couple of years ago. I just went back, in fact, recently. And he said, Rob, you know, after you d- did that uh, that, that uh, seminar, he said, I, I, put, I put back to the Bible in the hands of all my members. And I, I preached through it. I, I did the training. I used the PowerPoint you gave us. He said, Rob, we had like eight or nine baptisms within a couple months. And I said, Cliff, I knew that would happen. I'll just be honest. He's, he's one of my favorites. That man is a skilled expositor of the Bible. And um, I said, I had no doubt. He said, Rob, I didn't do it. He said, we had widow ladies sitting in the pew. They went and did Bible studies. They didn't know they could. We, my, my daughter, Kinley, went out there and, and she studied with three or four people. And, and she said, Dad, I, I can do this. I can take that. And we had young people doing it, members doing it. You know, the best baptism, I keep saying that for a preacher, the be- best baptisms you got are the ones that somebody else does. You got to train people. Your church members, if they don't know how to use the tool, won't use it. All right, and it may be a, a state-of-the-art tool. It may be a multi-million dollar tool. You may have state-of-the-art equipment. You may have the smartest guy doing it. But if they, if they don't know, they can't do it. Train them. Same thing you do at your job. You do it here. Number four, you've got to create an atmosphere of evangelism that permeates through the entire church and community. I mean, it's got it's to be the focal point of the church. It, it's got to be the rally cry. It's got it's saving souls. It's got to be the message. When, when you walk into this church, it's all about saving souls. When you sit down, it's about saving souls. When you go to Bible class, it's about saving souls. It's all about trying to get people to heaven. And so, so it's easy to get distracted because there's a lots of things going on. But all these things have got to funnel through saving souls. And so let me just take, a, let me just take one. And I'm going to role play just for a minute. And, uh, you know, when I was uh, growing up... Uh, um, I, I got to grow up under the feet of Daryl Conley. I learned a lot of the Bible from Brother Conley. He was an incredible uh, preacher, powerful preacher in the pulpit. And uh, I, I, I've considered just a blessing that I was able to hear that kind of preaching growing up. And, and I can remember Brother Conley talking about the three works of the church. as edification, evangelism, benevolence, you know. And, and those are the three works of the church. And I agree, there are, there's definitely, God d- delineates the three works. And, but I, 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 I'd like you to consider this. All three works of the church, brethren, are they not for one reason? To get us to go to heaven? Brethren, are we benevolent just to be benevolent? Do we go out here and pass out turkeys? Just, what's the end of the passing out of the turkeys? Passing out turkeys? What's the end of giving people food? Just giving them food, filling their stomachs? What's the end game of, 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 of having a, a Meals on Wheels ministry? What's the end game? Brethren, it's all about saving souls. Let me, let me, let me uh, cons- consider this. When you go out here to Midland and you feed the poor, guess what's going to happen tomorrow? They're going to be hungry. The Lord said the poor will always be with you. Brother, you cannot solve world poverty at Westside. It's not going to happen. But what we can do is we can give them the bread where they never hunger again. We can give them the water where they never thirst again. Brethren, combine everything you do with soul saving. Hello? Yes, uh, yes, 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 sir. Yes, sir, we do help people at this church, and, and we'd be glad to help you. What can we do? Well, do you pay light bills? Oh, absolutely, we pay light bills. Do you pay, uh, do you give people money for gas? Oh, yes, we give money, yes, we, we have gas money. Do you help pay mortgages? Yes, we pay mortgages. Do you pay car payments? Oh, yes, we, I don't care what they ask for. My, my admonition is say, yes, we're here to help you. Well, sir, that's an awfully nice suggestion. You know, I've been calling church. You guys are really care about people. We do. Uh, when can I come and get my light bill paid? 
Sunday morning at 9.30 and we can't wait to see you. Wednesday night at 7 o'clock and we, we cannot wait to have you walk through our doors. Brethren, when someone wants help and they walk through our doors and they say, I'm here for help, take them to a room and do a Bible study. If we can't do Bible studies during Bible class, there's something wrong. Have someone in your church, a couple trained to do it, take them and study the word of God and then go help them. We do that all year long at Jacksonville. We've been doing it for years. I did it at Willette. Brethren, it produces, it, it produces, almost, uh, when people come and you study the word of God with them and you get it, they're not expecting that. Yes, we're going to help you, but yet we're also going to study this book with you. I learned this from actually the Crossville Church of Christ years ago. Uh, Barry Kennedy's there and he, he told me about some, some things they were doing with benevolence. He said, Rob, we're, man, we're baptizing people. It's, I said, well, tell me about it. They actually sit in one of their members and they sat with me for hours and explained kind of how they set their benevolence up. And I was, I was blown over. I said, man, I duplicate that. Can we just tell everybody about it? They said, we connect all benevolence with Bible studies. And someone says, well, I don't know if I can wait to Wednesday. You know, I don't. Well, there are plenty of community services that will get you by to Wednesday. But at seven o'clock on Wednesday, we cannot wait to get it. I want them to be surrounded by the love of the church of Christ. Brethren, help them come to the church. You know when you, what happens when you do that? I'm going to give you a lot of stories tonight. And... Um, you know, most churches of Christ are some of the most benevolent giving people that you'll find anywhere in the world. I mean, we have backpack drive, teacher supplies, winter coat drives, vouchers, pantry boxes, turkey giveaways. Some churches even have an entire building dedicated right there, dedicated. That's all we do for an entire day. It's like the local Goodwill, but no, no funds exchanged. I know you understand the need to do that. What happens when you tie that to a Bible study? Let me introduce you, Kim. She calls the Jacksonville congregation. She says, I got this little publication, and it says free community services. Yes, ma'am. We offer free community services. Um, I need some help. I said, well, wonderful, uh, our secretary said. And uh, uh, can I get some help? Yes, we offer help. Sunday morning, 930, uh, Wednesday, 7 o'clock. And well, I don't have a car. No worries. How many of you men would go pick somebody up? I know he would. Because he does it every Wednesday and Sunday. And I bet you would, too. I bet you go pick them up because, because and we say, I said, no problem. We'll be there. We'll pick you up. We picked her up. I, I wasn't even in town. They picked her up, brought her in, you know, and uh, I, I start getting word about this lady who's visiting. And they, hey, Rob, we got this, we got this lady. Her name's Kim. I said, that's great. I said, uh, I said, I can't wait to get home and, and uh, got home and we got to meet Kim. And, uh, and I still remember, uh, I said, Kim, uh, do you need some help? And she said, I could use a few groceries. I said, no problem. So we took her over to the DG, the Dollar General, took her down the aisle. Kim, what do you need? I need a little soup. Blue, you know, this. I said, that's fine. And, uh, you know, I could have criticized what she was getting. I, I could have said, you're generic's fine. But I didn't. I just, whatever she wanted. I have one goal. I will not be sidetracked. I want a Bible study. And then she looked at me and she said, now, Rob, she says, uh, she says, you know, I got this back problem. And I said, well, I'm so sorry. And I'm, I, I just moved into this little place. I keep slipping on the tub. Do you think y'all could get me one of those rubber mats? I said, Absolutely. Know, what seven bucks yeah go get your mat Kim so we got the mat and oh that's so nice of you we got it so I said Kim do you need help unloading she said yes and so Nicole and I unload the stuff we walk into the house you know and there's mold everywhere I mean it's it's terrible I said Kim when'd you move here oh, about last month been sick ever since I can see why Kim um who you written this from oh it's government housing I know exactly who to call 
So I, I called one of our elders. I said, brother, can you help me with this? He said, Rob, I've got it covered. He called down to the city. The next week, they had a brand new one waiting for her. And, uh, and she said, now, Rob, I can't move. I said, don't worry. I called Dale Harris, Sherry Harris. I called some of the uh, brethren, uh, Alan, his children. We all showed up with trailers, got her, all, you know, got her all packed in, moved her. She said, I've never been taken care of like this before. I've never had such a nice place before. Hey, Kim. You know anything about the Church of Christ? No, I don't know a lot. I said, I just so happen to have these little booklets right here. And I said, I said, why don't we, what do you think she did three weeks later? It's called intentional evangelism. For then everything we do focuses on one thing. I'm going to, we're going to study the Bible. It may take me weeks, months, it may take years, but it's going to happen. Because that's what, all the help we're giving is because we want her to, we want her to love Christ. And she does. She doesn't miss. She's there every surface. And, uh, and she loves the church. Um, let me go to number five real quick. And I'm going to spend some time here in number five. This, this right here is the, this is the bread and butter. If, you, if we don't get number five, nothing else really matters. You can have the best training in the world. You can have all the equipment on the materials. You can, have, uh, you can have all the benevolent offerings. But brethren, if we don't have customers, we're bankrupt. Brethren, when you build a building, when you build, when, you, when you build a company, when you have a business, you're relying upon customers. If you don't have them, you're done. If a church of Christ does not have people, we're finished. So we have to produce. This is, this is a very important part of the model. We have to produce contacts. You know, have you ever, have you ever noticed uh, like Walmart? They always seem to know how to get them in the store. Sam's. You know, they, they know exactly how many people are going to come in. They, they have it down to us, fine art. They know how to get to people, to advertise to people. Brother, we can learn something. As we look out into the secular world, we can learn something about how people, uh, how, how, how they uh, produce, how they grow and succeed. We've got to produce customers. I want to give you a list of things you can do. And um, let me start with house to house, heart to heart. And this has got to be one of the best contact creators the kingdom has. Every year at Jacksonville, there's, there's several baptisms that take place. And, and what, what surprised me, and I, I'm going to open my heart up to you. I, I like to be honest with my, my audience. Um, when I came, to, um, when I came to, to Jacksonville, they asked me to move my family and start the school. And, and, um, and I thought everybody knew how to use house to house, heart to heart. Boy, could I, have not been, I could not have been more wrong. And um, one of the reasons I got to know Alan is because when we were doing it in Poole and Hillsboro, um, you know, it was just the best contact creator. And I always, you know, we would talk about it and some things that were going on. So I started visiting these churches, some of these churches, large churches. I mean, you know, well-known churches. And I'd sit with elders and I'd say, brethren, I said, let's talk about house to house, heart to heart. My first eldership. And I had 12 men in a room and it was, it was intimidating. Oh, Rob, that doesn't work. <laughs> brethren, I, I didn't, I must have lost my voice. I said, it doesn't work. And I said, brother, I, can you explain that? He said, well, yeah, we tried that for about a year and, um, and um, never got a contact from it. You know, it cost us a lot of money, so we just dropped it. And I said, can you tell me what you did with it? Just explain to me how you used it. And they said, well, we tried it in this area this month, this area in this month, this, and we just kept moving it around. It doesn't work like that. If that's how you're using it, you, will, you won't get results. And then, so, I, so I started to notice some habits the churches, some things they were doing, things that they, they, they shouldn't be doing, and I made a troubleshooting chart. And I'm looking forward to going over that briefly tonight. But, uh, but if you use this, this, this um, tool correctly, brethren, it produces. It produces like nothing else that I've ever seen. And I want to share some things with you. This is, this is a Perry and Ellen. They, uh, 
um, we were just back from a seminar. Nicole went to go visit her mom and dad up at the farm in north of Nashville with Jared. And I'm, I'm sitting in the pew. Alan's preaching. I looked over my shoulders. There's this lady sitting in the corner. I don't know who she is. And so she, she's got a target on her. So Alan finishes his sermon. I walk back. I say, hey, Alan. I said, who is that? Oh, uh, Rob, they're visiting this morning. I said, great. And uh, so I snuck in the backside. You know, they're not getting out. And uh, I sit right behind her for the closing. Stood up. She looks at me. I said, ma'am, my name is Rob. What's your name? Oh, name's Ellen. Ellen, are you visiting here? Yes. Yeah. Where do you live? Just down the street. Oh, wonderful. Um, Ellen, we're glad. We're glad you're here this morning. Did you enjoy the service? Real simple question. Yeah, I did. What'd you like about it? You know, that preacher, he loves the Bible. I said, he sure does. Boy, he knows his Bible. He sure does, uh, Ellen. And, and Ellen, are you alone? No. Um, I'll tell you what, my husband was coming. He got sick this morning to his stomach, so he stayed home. But I wanted to come. I said, man, I'd like to meet him. She said, you know what? He might be feeling good this afternoon. Do y'all happen to have an evening service? Glad we weren't closed. And I said, yes, we've got it. I said, we'd love to have you come back. And she says, well, you know, I think I'll come back and I'll bring my husband. I said, my wife will be back tonight. So we sat down. You know, I saw, I saw her bring her husband that night. So we just walked right over, introduced ourselves. And uh, we're talking. Hey, Perry and Ellen. His name's Perry. We got this custom. We always invite visitors out to eat. What's your favorite restaurant in town? He said, Athena's. I said, well, I said, man, that's a good one. He said, I love it. I said, I tell you what, uh, why don't we be our guests? We'll take you to eat. Now, Rob, my stomach's not, if I'm going to Athena's, I'm going to eat. He said, can we get a rain check and come back next week? I said, absolutely. I said, love that. I said, I said, I'll make the reservations for next Sunday, party of five, uh, four, um, party of six. And he said, good. So they came next Sunday, right? We take them to Athena's. We get into the restaurant. I could care less about the lasagna. I have one mission. I just want one thing. So we sit around the table, right? We're just talking. I said, hey, Perry and Ellen, uh, um, um, what do you like? He said, well, I said, you like football? He said, I don't watch that stuff anymore. I said, me neither. And I said, whatever he, whatever he likes, I'm going to like it. And I said, um, you know, I'm a guy that likes everything. So uh, what, do you, what do you think about uh, basketball? Eh. I said, uh, what do you think about uh, baseball? Not too slow, you know. Um, Perry, what do you think about college football? He said, go Alabama. Oh, man. Go Alabama. If i got to like Alabama to get me a Bible study, brethren, I like Alabama. I could care less. I, I said, brother, I, I said, Perry, man, old Nick Saban, he's a good coach, isn't he? he he's a good coach, Rob. And uh, Perry, I'm so sorry. Alabama had a bad year. You know what a bad year is in Alabama? We didn't make the national championship game. That's a bad year. You know, it was going to be Clemson and LSU. Y'all remember that game about a year and a half ago? And... Uh, I got an idea. I said, Perry, tomorrow night we're having a football party at our house. Ouch, what was that? That was my wife kicking me because I did it to her again. She said, we're not having I said, Perry, we're having a football party at our house tomorrow night. And, uh, and uh, why don't you come and watch it on the big screen? I said, I've got this big screen and uh, i got subwoofer. And, really? I said, yeah, Nicole's going to cook a crescent rolls and weenies. We're going to roll them up mustard, you know. We're going to get the sausage balls and dip. Come on over. He said, that'd be great. I have one mission. I don't care about the football game. I like to watch football, but not that night. It was a blowout by halftime. I looked over at Perry. Now, this is just trying to get to this point. Perry and Ellen, why did you choose the Jacksonville Church of Christ? Now, listen to their answer. Uh, Rob, 21 years ago, we moved here. I said, yes. And when we got here, we got this little publication called House to House, Heart to Heart. We read it every time we get it. Rob, our church doesn't follow the Bible anymore. I said, doesn't? He said, no. He said, not on marriage. He said, they made an edict. And I said, I heard about that. Yeah, I heard about that. We're looking for a church that follows the Bible. And so we decided we come visit. 
I said, do you know anything about the Church of Christ? Don't know anything. I just so happen to have these little booklets right here. What's going to happen in three weeks? Why'd they come? Brother, I could fill your heart tonight with stories like this of people just like this. Promotion. You've got to promote your... It's amazing how many churches have house to house, heart to heart, and they never put anything on the backside. We have to fill it. When you have a marriage seminar, it ought to be there. There are people in your community whose marriages are in trouble. And when you bring a Glenn Collie in, put it on there so people know. Hey, honey, maybe we need to go to that. When you do a parenting a seminar and you, you're trying to help parents deal with... with de- when you do an apologetic seminar, when, you do a, when you're going to do a, a, a trunk or treat or whatever you call it, when you get the... You know, do y'all get the trunks out there and you, you know, decorate and, you know, and get people from the community? Put it on there. I had one brother say, now, Rob, we, all, we want it only for the brethren. And that's why we're not growing. Brethren, I want every sinner in the community at my trunk or treat. I want them all here because I'm going to make, we're going to make contacts with them. We have got to reach our communities. Use the space. You know, more than half. It's unreal how many congregations do not use that at all. And we have to put filler in the back of it. Inside, we have things to say, here, fill this out, and we'll send you a free copy of the Ten Commandments. We'll fill you, give you a free track, free DVD, free marriage materials. we got all this stuff. All you got to do is send your name in. And I, I'll just be honest. I didn't do this at Willette. Hillsboro, I never did it. And I was thinking, just, just sitting in my office, and I said, you know, when we got that stuff at Willette, we always mailed them the stuff. And not, not a good return rate. And I said, let's try something, Alan. I said, let's try never mailing things again. He said, what do you mean? I said, let's try to hand deliver everything. He said, all right. So we told Deb Rice, one of our secretaries, Sister Rice, she's, she needs your prayers. She's, uh, she may not make it through the night. She's one of our secretaries at House to House. She's really struggling. And um, so we, 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 uh, we told Deb, I said, Deb, could you just tell them, you know, tell them, we'll, we'll, d- d- give it in my box. Don't, don't send anything. So she calls me, Rob, I've got one. So we go to the box, we grab it. Nicole and I just happen to be in town. We're looking for a Brenda Glaze. So we're going around town and finally we find, she opens the door. Always bring a woman. Men, don't go to the door alone. There's ethical reasons not to do that. Always bring, if you can bring a child, bring them. I tell you, it's a door opener. But bring a woman. Bring, don't go alone. So my wife, she smiles. Brenda looks, smiles at Nicole. Hello, my name's Rob. This is my wife, Nicole. And we're from house to house, heart talk. Yes. You asked for some marriage material. I did. I said, have you just gotten married? I sure did, about a month ago. I said, well, man, we're hand delivering it to you. Well, that's so nice. I, that's so nice of you to bring. I said, where'd you move from? Anniston, Alabama. So glad. How long have you been here? Oh, about a month. And uh, where are you from again? Well, we're, we're from the church just right across from the college. Yes, yes. And, and sir, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. What do you got? She says, uh, she says, do you know anything about the Bible? Oh, just a little bit. And she said, good, because my husband knows nothing about the Bible. Daniel, get off the couch. That man has been on the couch ever since he came home from work. I don't know what he does all day. Get off the couch. There are people here for you. So he comes off the couch. He's walking over to the door. He's doing this. like He said, "Um, um, um, Daniel, these people are here to teach you the Bible. You have blown me over. And I said, uh, Brenda, when would you like to start? What about tomorrow? I said, my wife will make chocolate chip cookies for you. Like she said, I love chocolate chip cookies. That one knocked on the door. Watch this. Baptism, baptism, baptism. Ba- we just kept baptizing. Brethren, we had members studying with people. This is Sherry Harris. She's studying with people. It was incredible, the treasure trove, because we knocked on a door. What would have happened if we had mailed it? Nothing. 
because I've been doing that for years and it doesn't produce. So we just changed our tactic. We're encouraging every church, don't mail anything anymore. Always go to the door. Incredible results when you do this, seven baptisms. We've got to start targeting people with house to house. And that means that your friends you work with, your family that, that maybe not are on the mailing list, we've got to create a mailing list, a target list. We want every person you know, whether they're in your mailing list or not, to get it. So how do we accomplish that? To submit their name and address to the church office. And we'll add it manually. Even if they're outside the mailing list, we'll add it. We'll make sure that every person you know gets house to house, heart to heart. Now, preacher, why would I do that? I'll, I'll show you why I do that. So let's say Adam doesn't live in the mailing list and him and I work together. This is what I do. Hey, Adam, um, you know, we talk about the Bible a lot. So about six months ago, uh, I put you on a, a subscription list to a magazine. I thought you'd like to get it. Have you got that house to house, heart to heart yet? Have you got that in the mail yet? And did, did, you, did you get to look at it? It's all about the Bible. And I know you and I like that. And, and were there any articles in there that you enjoy? I'm going to create conversation with it. I'm going to judge where he's at. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to use it as a door opener. Watch this. What happens if you took house to house, heart to heart? And we knocked on a door. And instead of saying, would you come to our gospel meeting, which gets almost no results, what happens if we say, we've been sending this to you now for about three years. I'd like to get your take on it. What do you think about it? And uh, you, you never know what will happen. I, I can tell you, you'll get some contacts from stuff like that. So, so House to House is an excellent door knocker. We have some incredible door knocking statistics to give you. Matt Wallen just gave the, gave the, you're the first church to see these. Here they are. We just did a door knocking day. We had 418 churches sign up, 120 churches reported so far. So we haven't got reports from all of them. 1,604 members knocked doors, 21,000 doors knocked, 10 baptisms so far. And there are Bible studies that are going on. And that was from the National Door Knocking Day that we're going to do the uh, first, I believe that's the first Saturday of each, or second, first Saturday in October of each year. This is new movers right here. And uh, have you guys ever noticed when you move, Lowe's always finds you? They're the first piece of mail that you get. Welcome to Midland, Lowe's, 10% off. Have you ever noticed that? Every time I move, Lowe's has a coupon in my... They, they're very strategic in what they do. They know, but when I move, I'm going to need paint. They know, I, they know I'm going to need something from Lowe's, and they want me coming, so they, they're going to target me. Anybody here own a business? All right, you own a business? How about if I said to you tonight, I could give you the name of every person who moves into your community, and I can give you their address, and I'll even give you an app where you can pinpoint where they live. Worth something to you? You know Why? Because if you're, if you're in a service-oriented business, what you're going to do is take those numbers and addresses, and you're going to send them a coupon. When Dennis, the last church, he said a couple churches ago, he said, yeah, I'd send them a, a free, free oral evaluation. Of course you would. Because as soon as you walk in that door, he's got you for life. And he knows it. David Shannon made an incredible statement in 2014 at Polishing the Pulpit, and I'll never forget it, so I just wrote it down. People are most likely to change churches when they move. A couple of generations ago, if a, if a couple or a family or an individual moved from one city to another city, they usually stayed with that same denomination. Those days are over. It doesn't matter to me what town they were in in the last town. I want them, the average person today, is willing to visit any church in their neighborhood. This is a powerful opportunity for evangelism. It doesn't matter to me what church they were in in the last town. I want them to visit the church of Christ. It gives us the best opportunity to sit down and study the word of God. He nailed it. So you know what we did? New movers. 
Just make a suggestion. Just, just a, what if you were the first church that came to their door? What if you got your ladies together and, and the elders said, ladies, um, we're going we're to task you and we're going to have a leader and all the ladies get together on Mondays, the widow ladies, um, and we want you to go shopping in the name of the Lord. They've never done this before. Brethren, you don't have to go do it. They will do it. You just, you just say, here's the church card. Spend $100, $200. I need 20 baskets. I want 20. And, and uh, yes, Adam could go make them himself. That's not the point. Right, right. Sister Mike, she could go make them too. That's not the point. The point is this. Get your church members involved. Let them make the baskets. Then you have a new movers team in your church. Now you can't, there's no way this church can cover all the new movers. I know I've looked. I'm going to give you the numbers when I, when I meet with your elders. But I know who they are and where they live. Let's just say you target 10 a month. And let's just say you go to the door and you say, hey, Listen, my name's Mike, my, this is my wife, and, this, and we, we, we're welcoming you to the community. And we, we're, we're members of this community. We've lived here for, what, 20, what is it, 21 years, Mike? We've lived here for 21 years, and uh, we, if, you, if you need anything, by the way, she's made you a little bit of a, a, a bag of goodies right here, and we've got this little gift bag for you. And oh, that's so sweet, that's so nice. You know what that's called? That's called prospecting a contact. And we're just getting started. Because if you get a good result, we're going to go to the next stage. Now we're going to start sending cards. We're going to put them in our card ministry. All this works together, you see. See, the card ministry is potent. It's powerful. Every member's involved. No sign-up sheets. When you became a Christian, you were enlisted. We don't ask you if you want to help. Everybody's going to help. You know, young people are going to write it. Older people are going to write it. Men are going to write it. Women are going to write We're going to overwhelm them with more cards than they have ever got in their lifetime. Brethren, it's going to move them. So every response you get that's good at new movers, they go on our list. We're going to put sinners on the list, not saints. I had a congregation call me recently. Rob, it's not working. I said, all right, let me get my troubleshooting guide out. I got it out, and I started going through it. Um, who's on your list? Brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so. Any sinners on the list? Oh. Yes, we need sinners on the list. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just have a sneaky suspicion if Mike gets the flu and doesn't get a card from anyone here at Westside, he's still going to come. All right? We're not focused on Brother Mike. We're not focused on, on, on Brother Lynn. We're focused on sinners, brethren. That's our mission. In this community, if someone in this community that you live next door to and has the flu and they know you're a member of this church and they know you're praying for them and they got 50 cards from this church, not one card with 50 signatures, 50 cards. You think it'd move them? You think, you, you think they see the love of God in a way they've never seen it before? You think they'd get me susceptible, more susceptible to maybe someone coming back? And to, how about if you just came by and checked, hey, I want to I I introduce you to one of our, our, our ministers. His name is Adam and his wife, Julie. And I, we just wanted to check on you. We've been sending cards for four weeks. Well, you know what they're probably going to say? Come on in. And you have just won half the battle. You just want half the battle right there. So cards are potent, brethren. When you do a... I'm not talking about some general ministry where a few people do... I'm talking about very detailed. This is very specific how we do this. Incredible results. Her name's Bettina. My wife and I walked into the... We walked into her uh, little apartment, you know, and, and uh, she's, she's, got, uh, she's uh, got cards all over. And, um, and she had called and needed a ride to church. The church had been helping her. And um, I, I, she knew us, and she said, well, Rob, Nicole, sit down. We sat down. Hey, Bettina, where'd all these cards 
come from? That's that church, Rob. That's that. I've never gotten more cards in my life. You know what I'm going to say now? You know what I'm going to say, don't you? Uh, Bettina, do you know anything about the church of Christ? Don't know a lot. What am I going to say? I just so happened to have these little booklets right here. And we started. She loved it. We did three weeks, three studies. Third, I, I got to jump to the third study because this is something that I will probably never hear or see again in my lifetime. So I'm in the third study and we're studying. I got a suspicion. So she has a connection to the church in her past, but I have not confirmed it yet. But we're reading. We get to Mark 16, 16. It was my turn. I said, hey, Bettina, could we take turns? You go ahead and read that one. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Oh, Rob, my pastor told me all about that verse. I bet he did. And uh, Bettina, go ahead and read it for me. Yeah. He that believes is saved and then baptized. Uh, Bettina, could you read that again? Nicole looked at me. Yeah, he that believes is saved and baptized, Rob. Uh, Bettina, can I see your Bible just for a minute? King James. She said, Rob, is there a problem? And I said, well, I think you need to read it like one word at a time. He that believes and is baptized shall be. He that believes and is baptized. Rob, that is not what my pastor told me that verse said. I bet not. You know what she did? Hey, Alan, I need some help. We got another one who wants to be baptized. She was driving off, drying off after that, and, and uh, we were talking, and I looked over at, uh, I looked over at Bettina. I said, Bettina, I got I, I'm killing me. I've got to ask a question. She says, what is it, Rob? I said, I, I had a suspicion you were associated with the church in your back. Oh, the last town, Rob. I said, oh. She said, I attended the Church of Christ. You did? Oh, well, we're, 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 what happened? How often did you go, Bettina? Well, I went every Sunday. Oh, no. Uh, Bettina, how long did you go to this church? Seven years but, so you went to this church every Sunday for seven years. Oh, yes. Love that church. Um, Bettina, um, as you went to this church every Sunday for seven years, did anybody, did one person, did anybody in the entire church of Christ offer you a Bible study? Nope, never done one before. So I'm driving back from Texas, uh, and Rebecca Pearson calls and said, Hey, Rob, I'm over here checking on Bettina. Rob, she's blue. I said, did you shake her? She said, I did. Um, did you call 911? I already have, Rob. But she didn't make it. Uh, six months after her baptism. And, um, boy, aren't you glad she came to Jacksonville? Because she was sitting in a church of Christ for seven years and not one person offered a Bible study. I said, Bettina, are you sure no one? Nope, nobody offered. First time I've ever done one of these before. I want to talk about visitors. How many of you received Reaching the Lost this morning in your email? Y'all received that? If you didn't, please sign the list. I hope you read it. This will produce about half your baptisms. Brethren, you do not have to go out into the deep uh, oil fields to get contacts. There's a lot of the times they come to you. You don't have to knock doors. You don't have, I mean, a church like Westside, I'm just going to go out on a limb. I bet you have visitors from time to time. I'm sure you do. People just come, right? So, so we have to make a strategic plan of how to make a visitor turn him into a conversion. I'm going to give you a couple things that, that we're, 
we're going to suggest, number one, right now my wife is teaching your ladies how to go shopping in the name of the Lord. So we're going to make uh, a new mover, um, we're going to make new mover boxes, new mover uh, bags. And they're designed, now why would, how is that going to convert them? Brethren, it's a process. Let me share with you what you do. So you get a visitor coming into your church. I'm going to use Adam here as my example. So it's, let's say Adam's a, a visitor and he's sitting down and I'm, I've been tasked. It's my job because we're going to train people. And there's going to be certain individuals. And oh, by the way, I need to ask this question. Um, when a visitor walks into a church building, what's the number one thing a visitor wants? Barna did a research of churches. And the question was, what's the number one thing that visitors want when they walk into a church? And uh, just guess. Greeting, greeting, right? Greeting. You can't answer, Jared. He always raises his hand. It's cheating. All right. Um, who else? Anybody else want to take a stab at this? The number one thing a visitor wants when they walk into the church building is to sit down. Brethren, they just want to sit down. They, don't, they do not want the welcome wagon surrounding them. They don't want Gabby gossip telling them about all the church problems. They want to sit down. Let them I'm not opposed to greeters. Yeah, it's great. Glad you're here. Let them sit down. Do not extend conversation with them. Now, we have selected at Jacksonville families that are trained. When visitors come, everybody knows, back off. Because they're going to sit next to them. So I'm going to sit next to the visitor. I'm going to sit down and say, hey, my name's Rob uh, Whitaker. My wife, Nicole. Uh, are y'all visiting this morning? So I'm sitting. I always sit. Um, may I ask your name? Adam. Adam and, and your wife is? Julie, and this is your two boys. Glad. Are you visiting from the community? Yes. I'm looking for that. If I don't get that answer, I don't proceed. Okay, I'm not going to keep going. I'll, just, I'll be friendly, but I'm looking for something. He says he's from the community. I've got it. Hey, I'll be right back. i got something for you. So we're going to go back and get our visitor bag, which we keep in a pew. Grab the visitor bag. We're going to bring it on over here. We've got a gift we give to our visitors, and, uh, and uh, we, we're so glad you're here. It's got a mug, a tablet of paper, Bible, pencil, and whatever the ladies want to put in it. And um, we're a card-sending church. We love to send cards to visitors. Can I get your address? You know how many times I've been told no? Now, let me, let me make a distinction. Let's see how this works. Um, if you're visiting this morning, will you take the visitor card from the pew back in front of you and fill it out and put it in the collection plate? Brethren, it doesn't work. The 1950s approach to collecting names and addresses does not work today. Our members don't even fill those cards out. The visitors are not doing it. Do not hand the visitor a card. Do not ask him to fill that out. They don't want to fill it out. Fill it out for them. Once you get that contact information, that's called step one. I'm walking over to Mike. I'm walking over to Adam. We've got a visitor here. Mike, here's the information. That's gold right there. That is gold. That's exactly what you're looking for. That this visit church, we need their contact information. So I'm at a congregation, I'm not going to name it. It's a pretty good-sized church, and I'm, I'm, I'm there on Sunday morning. Family with four children walked in. I'm watching them. They're visitors. People are friendly. That's great. I'm glad they're friendly. I'm with the elders on Wednesday night, and I said, brethren, I said, you had a fa- family visiting this morning, of Sunday morning. They said, yeah, four kids, Rob. I said, yeah. I said, who were they? Um, did they fill out the card? No. Um, Bob, Rob, Robert, not sure. Um, North Street, South Street, eight, not sure. Brethren, do we have any idea where they're at? Well, they're, they're probably coming back. Probably not. Brethren, we should never let visitors walk into our assembly and leave without contact information. That ought to never happen in the Church of Christ. We ought to have a strategic plan in place to make sure we get that information every single time. 
I bet when a customer walks into your office, Alan, to have your taxes done, you make sure you get their info. Because if you don't, you've lost a client. I bet if you owned an insurance company and someone walked into your secretary and says, I want to insure my big boat, big house, and, and big everything else, and they walked out, and you said, man, I'm closing early today. What were their names? Oh, forgot to write it down. You'd fire them on the spot. Keith Ritchie's our new preacher. Now, I gotta, I'm going to brag on him. This man has a heart for souls. Incredible. He's gone through, he's gone through the training seminar twice, and, and we've sat down several times, and man, he just gets it. And uh, so we're, we're um, this is his first Sunday, first Sunday at Jacksonville, and, and I just so happened to be home, and uh, I noticed there's his family that walked in, and I said, man, this is great. Keith doesn't know their visitors, you know? He doesn't know this. And, uh, but I don't know if they've been, I've been gone three weeks. So I said, well, I better check. Hey, Eric, um, that family that came in, do you know them? Yeah, they've been visiting while you've been gone. Wonderful. What's their name and address, Eric? Oh. Eric, did we get their name and address? Oh, uh, I, think we, I think we forgot about that one, Rob. And I said, my blood pressure went up five points. So I went to the next person. They're supposed to be doing this, you know. So we go to the, we don't have their information. I'm, I'm just glad they're back. So I walk up to this, this person and I said, hey, hey, sir, my name's Rob. Uh, my name's Cameron and this is my wife. And uh, I said, yeah, nice to meet y'all. And, and uh, y'all from the community? Yeah, I've been visiting for a couple of weeks. I said, well, great to have y'all this morning. And I, I've been out of town. Hey, I've got something for you guys. Eric, where are the bags? Right there. Grabbed them, brought them back over, you know, and uh, gave them the bag. And we're just talking, hey, do you mind if I get your address? And No, no problem. We get their ad. I walked up to Keith Ritchie because he doesn't know a visitor from a member. Hey, Keith, that's a visiting family. I said, um, I said, here's their address. He says, I got you, Rob. He walked up to him, came back, said, taking them to dinner for lunch, Baja. He calls me that afternoon. He sends me that picture. There's the lunch. He knows exactly what to do. He said, I got a Bible study up, set up for Tuesday. Three weeks later, he baptizes both of them. Brethren, we have done that time and time again as a strategy. And we follow it to the T and dot the I. Everybody knows what their job is. We have families in that church. And, and what happened was during COVID, we kind of got out of kilter with, with who, who's handling visitors. And so we got that established again. We know who's going to approach them, who's going to get that information, who's taking them out to eat. We got the Bible studies ready to go because this right here produces like nothing else. Let's go to the next one. You always invite people out to eat. Um, I, I tell you what, Mike, every preacher loves to eat. And um, Mike took me over to get a little bite to eat. I think it was called something about eggs. What was it called? Jimmy, something about eggs, yes. And, uh, and uh, I mean, I was thinking to myself, and as, as, as conversational as Mike and Adam are, I mean, if a visitor, if they take, if they sit, and any one of you sit at a table at a place like Jimmy's and just converse with them, you know, there are things you discuss at Jimmy's that you don't discuss in the pews. When a visitor walks into your church, you know what happens? They put their shields up. And, and, as, and as, as good of a preacher that Mike is, there are some things that just don't penetrate. And they're not going to let them penetrate. And, 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 and because they, they, they realize that, you know, they're uncomfortable. And they're not, what, what, you know, is he trying to say what, you know. So, so, so when you sit down at a Jimmy's and, and you have a conversation back and forth, there's hardly anything off the table. Everything's talkable. Adam, you told me yourself recently, somebody you sat down, within just minutes, they were pouring their heart out to you and Julie. You just met them. That's just, that happens today. That's a change of culture, by the way. Brother, when you were growing up, that didn't happen. When my dad grew up, you know, you'd have a next door neighbor who had a serious problem. You'd never know. They don't talk about things like that today. Brother, they talk about everything. I mean, within a minute, you've got a pretty much lowdown on their entire life. And so, so, so that's an advantage. 
See, that, that gives you an advantage that our parents didn't have. People are very open. You know why? Because they have no friends. Everything they got is on Facebook. But you're sitting down, you're taking them out to eat. They need to talk to somebody. Take people out to eat. Use digital media. There's so much of this stuff. I'm going to run through. So here's what I'm trying to get to right here. All right. So we put this little infograph together not a, long, a couple years ago and um, to kind of illustrate what we're trying to do. Let's suppose we put a targeted group of people together who are going to focus on non-Christians in the pew. So uh, you may be a unique church, but I bet you're like everybody else. I bet there are people in your pews pretty much every Sunday that are not Christians and you know their names. Is that right? All right. So you're, you're like a lot of congregations. When I arrived at Jacksonville, we had 17. And so we're going to now, but we're going to focus on those 17. We're going to make sure we get to them. We're going to, I mean, it's, it's an all out effort. So when we go to elders meetings, guess who we talk about? All 17, every time. What progress have we made? So we're going to focus on them. Just like at work. Just, just like you would at work. We're going to focus on, so then we're going to go to the next phase. We're going to focus on our cards, who we send in cards to. How long have they got cards? Four weeks yet? Have we made a visit yet? We're going to focus on the car. Then we're going to focus on all visitors, people who just randomly walk in. We have a plan how we're going to reach them. We're going to focus on door knocking. We're going to focus on house to house, heart to heart, how to use it right. We're going to use new movers, digital media, benevolence. And guess what those things produce? Bible studies and baptisms. Bible studies and baptisms. Brethren, a church of 150 folks, if you just pulled a few baptisms out of each one of those, that's church growth. Ephesians 3, 9 and 10, to this intent and now to principalities and powers in heavenly places, it might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. We're not the Lions Club. Brethren, we're not the local uh, Meals on Wheels. We're not, the, we're not the local Rotary Club. We're the church of Christ. We have a mission Use every resource you've got to save souls. And it works together. It's united. It's wonderful. I want us to look at this next one right here. and I love this one right here. This, is a, this right here is... A, Larry Acuff taught me this. I got this from Larry. He, uh, I was sitting in his office one day and he said, Rob, he says, I got something I, I need to show you. I said, absolutely, Larry. What do you got? He said, I got this bookmark. And I've been using this all my life. He says, I baptize 8, 10, 12 people a year with this bookmark. I said, well, man, tell me all about it. He said, I hand it out. Everybody in the pew gets a, everybody in the pew gets a bookmark. And uh, we write names down. Everybody does. Uh, I want you to write down 10 people you know that are not Christians that you would like to go to heaven. Just write them down on a, on a bookmark. So everybody writes them down. And do you know 10 people that you'd like to see go to heaven? Do you, do you know 10 people? I, I, know a lot. I, I don't even live in Jacksonville, but I know 10 people. And I just start thinking my neighbors, right? You know, people I've met who work on my house. And, and I said, yeah, I'd love, I'd love to see. Just write them down. And we're going to focus on them all year long. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into more detail later. But that is potent right there. And uh, then Larry made a comment to me. He said, Rob, you never hit a target you don't aim for. Shooting from the hip doesn't work. You know, we, we could be shooting from the hip, right? And you just shoot from the hip. And what happens when you shoot from the hip, brethren? Who knows what you're going to get? You know Todd Clifford, Mike? I don't know if you... He's a, he's a great guy. I love Todd. Um, Todd's out there in Alabama. I mean, he's a, he's, it's, it's about as rural as you can get. He takes Jared and I out there. So I'm sitting there. Hey, Rob, would you like to go hunting? Yeah, I love to hunt. And I said, yeah, let's go hunt. So he said, I guarantee you the deer are coming out here. You're going to get one tonight. So Jared's on one side of the field. I'm on the other side. And sure enough, do you know the deer? They know when sundown it. They know. 
And they always come just at the barely legal limit, right? So here comes a, here comes a group of deer, a flock or whatever. It's a bunch of deer, a herd of deer coming out in the field. I said, now I'm ready, you know. So I got my gun up there. We're ready, you know. Is it just me or is it when the light gets so low you, you see a brown blob? There's a brown blob. I, I, I'm focusing. I, I, I just, there's 20 deer out there. I just want one. Uh, brethren, I couldn't see my target. So guess what I didn't do? I didn't shoot. It's cardinal rule. You don't shoot if you can't get a target. You want to hit things? We need targets. I don't mean to be disrespectful or to minimize Mike or Adam because I love these men. I love my preacher friends. Brother, they are the worst contact creators you got because they're surrounded by you. They are surrounded by you. You don't need a conversion. You're surrounded by sinners. You go to work with them. You go to school with them. You play ball with them. You've grown up with them. They're your next door neighbors. You are the best contact creators this church has. That is powerful. I'm going to talk more to the elders about this later because that right there produces, that's been one of the biggest surprises to our work in the last year that I, I couldn't believe what that's done. Ask Chris Groda, just call him. Say, Chris, how have y'all had 17 baptisms this year? That's one of their elders right there. Do you know their elders now get phone calls from local churches? Can you train us how to do what you do? That's amazing. I'm supposed to meet with them on my way home. We have, I don't know if time will allow it, but and this, this, this congregation is killing it. Participation, number seven. We've got to get everybody in the local church involved. Everybody got to, Brethren, we can't leave anybody out. No one can be left behind. Widows, they can have Bible studies. You know that? You know, widowers can help us. You know, you know these guys can help us too. Blake Ham is one of our elders, new elders at Jacksonville. And Blake's uh, little girl um, wrote her bus driver a card. Guess what a bus driver did? Came to church. You know, 50 of us wrote cards as she wrote that card. It's amazing what happens when we reach out to sinners, brothers and sisters. Get everybody involved. And so it's a congregational work. And so if, if a preacher tries to carry the evangelistic load on his shoulders, brethren, he'll fall, I know, because I was that man. It doesn't work. It'll wear you down. As much energy as Mike has, one of those energetic preachers, Mike. I've, I've talked to two or three people today, and every time I talk to about the energy of Mike Bestel, you know, Mike, I love to hear Mike preach. I told Mike he's one of my favorites. I love it. He comes with passion in the pulpit. You know, he means it when he preaches. No one can do it by themselves. Brethren, if we work together as a team, we'll get it to the finish line. God designed us that way. Don't ever forget that. Number eight, make it your most important priority. Nothing else is more important than this. So when you go into an elders meeting, before we talk about the carpet that needs to be replaced, the pews that need to be repadded, the paint that needs to be uh, um, you know, a new coat, the parking lot that needs to be sealed, the, the air conditioning that's going out. I, went, I walked into the elders at Willette. I've been there seven years. I said, brethren, would you let me start the meeting? They said, what's on your heart, Rob? I said, five men that sit on our pew that are lost. They're on my heart. And I said, I want to reach them. I need your help. We baptized all five of them. You know why? Because every time we walked into that meeting from that day forward, they were the first people we talked about. And we held each other accountable. We said, what have you done to reach Bruce? What have you done to reach Samuel? What have you done to reach Ronnie? What, 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 have, you, what have you done to reach uh, uh, Billy? And we, we, we were accountable, brethren. And we, you, you, you got you to gotta, you gotta make it intentional. 
Because at work, things don't get done because they accidentally get done. Because you prioritize it. Number nine, you publicize it. You need a cheerlead from the pulpit, the church. You got to elders, deacons, preacher, get up there and lead the church. Don't hide your mission in an elder's office. You let the whole church know what the mission is. And you take them with you. And you make sure they understand how to get there. Let them see the goals. Let them, see the, the, let them know what's going on. I think it's very important that a church family is informed of their mission. And when you have successes, share them. When there are Bible studies going on, don't hide them. Talk about them. I mean, pray about them. And that's the last point I'm going to make. Most importantly, pray about it. Pray about evangelism. Pray that souls be saved. I mean, I was sitting there at Jacksonville, and I said, uh, I said you know, um, we, we were uh, having a Bible study with one of the members, and I, I said, I'm going to pray about that study. So I, I, I led the closing prayer. I, pr- I actually mentioned his name. He wasn't there. His family, it, it wouldn't have hurt in any way. People come, who, 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 who was that? Who, who, who'd you pray for? Do, do we not pray that the Lord keep us safe every time we pray? Lord, keep us safe. Keep, keep, keep us safe as we go home. Lord, keep us safe as we go to work. Lord, can we not pray that souls be saved? Pray for them. Brethren, pray for them by name if at all possible. Let the Lord know. Thank you for your time and your attention. Man, I love you. I love this church. I love the church of Christ. I've grown up in the church All I know is the church. All my children know is the church. They grew up in a church building. The church is the greatest family on the face of this earth. God's my father. You're my brother. Those are my sisters. There's not a family in this world that's more important. And I really believe if the world could understand that, he'd fill the church building. So as I close, cut windows into the West Side Church of Christ. Let the world and community see the the heart your preacher has. Let this world see the, the love Adam has. Let the world see the love you have. Let the world see the kind of shepherd you have. Let Midland know what kind of church this is and they'll come. Don't hide your mission. God bless you, brethren. Let's pray. Our Father, we're thankful for your love and We're thankful, Father, for your grace. We're thankful, Father, for the mission of the gospel. You have empowered us with the greatest treasure in earthen vessels. And, Father, with our frailties, we at times do not live up to the mission. Forgive us. Father, from this day forward, may we keep our eyes on the cross. May we do everything we can to teach everyone about thy Son. Bless the elders, preachers, and members and deacons of this church. May, Father, this congregation be the fighting force that you you created for good. May every evil deed, wicked, wicked act be put down. And may the light of the glorious gospel be lifted up. May this church draw all men unto thy Son. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.